Blessed Sunday, Pastor Shane, Worship Without Walls. As we begin today, let us pray. Eternal One, whose thoughts and ways are not ours, you alone are God, awesome, holy, and most high. School us in the ways of faith and wisdom that we, like Job, may learn to truly see and hear, and in humility find blessing. In Christ Jesus' glorious name we pray. Amen. Our scripture for today, we actually have three. We're first going to continue reading in the book of Job, 23rd chapter, verses 1 through 9 and 16 through 17. Then Job answered, Today also my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy despite my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his dwelling. I would lay my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would learn what he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Would he contend with me in the greatness of his power? No, but he would give heed to me. There an upright person could reason with him, and I should be acquitted forever by my judge. If I go forward, he is not there, or backward I cannot perceive him. On the left he hides, and I cannot behold him. I turn to the right, but I cannot see him. God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. If only I could vanish in darkness, and thick darkness would cover my face. We continue forth in the book of Hebrews. On our second reading for today, from the fourth chapter, verses 12 through 16. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart, and before him no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. Since then, we have great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is in every respect, has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We turn now to our third reading for today, which comes from the Gospel of Mark, 10th chapter, verses 17 through 34. <clears throat> As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, 
What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said him to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard will it be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but for not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. They were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. They were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. He took the twelve aside again and began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit upon him and flog him, and kill him, and after three days he will rise again. And this brings me to this morning's message, to this morning's sermon, entitled Impossible. And as we begin here today, I'd like to start with what the man dictionary defines the term impossible of being. And it defines it as something incapable of being or of occurring. Something that's very difficult. I mean, for many of us, and I'm sure, brothers and sisters, I would like you to look and search in your lives of times when you thought things were going to be impossible. Times when you thought 
it just couldn't happen. It couldn't be. Yet, maybe some examples might be the fact of getting a job, getting a promotion, finding housing, buying a house, buying a new car, buying having a vehicle or a way to get to and from things you need. Maybe for some of us, it's battling addiction we thought we'd never overcome. Maybe for some of us, it is battling lust, battling sin. For others, it might be something as simple as having money to feed our families and put food on the table, having shelter. For whatever your situation is, for whatever it is that you struggle with, maybe some of us have been stricken with cancer and illnesses and we never thought we would overcome. We thought it was impossible. When we were at our weakest, we were ready to just give in because we didn't think we could go on. Yet, we find in our gospel today from the book of Mark, just how much things are impossible, but how much they're not impossible with God, with Christ on our side. When we began in our scripture, we saw a rich man come to Christ Jesus and ask him, what he must do to inherit eternal life, to enter the kingdom of heaven. And Christ responded very simply and said, go forth and sell all of your possessions and donate that to the money to the poor. Now for many of us, do we think that is something we could do? Now yeah, pride might sit there and tell us, yes, we could do this. We could sell everything we have. And be okay and donate all that money to the poor. But Christ knows and we know deep down inside we would have a very difficult time doing that. We would find something of sentimental value of this earth. We would find something of... Just that meant some meaningfulness to us. But... You know, this... Rich man went away. Grieving, almost. Because he was shocked when he went away. He was shocked the answer was to sell off all his possessions, donate the money to the poor, and follow me. And yet, we continued to walk through, and Jesus continued to teach his disciples afterwards. And he said it would be easier for a camel to go through a needle. Now, how many of us know how thin a needle is? I mean, that would be like saying that we're going to have a camel... It's open. Go through the straw. Straw's very thin, right? I mean, I can kind of see myself through it 
if I squint. But imagine a camel. Imagine even trying to put this lighter through this straw. It seems pretty impossible, right? It seems like something that wouldn't take place, wouldn't happen. Because the camel is much larger, the lighter is much larger. You can easily, in that imagery, see how impossible it would be. And he goes on and says, then is it, and we think about it then, is it impossible then for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God? And brothers and sisters, my answer to you today is no. And I want to explain why. We see in the scripture, as we continued forth, verse 27, that Jesus then continued forth to teach and to say that yes, with men, it is impossible. But with God, it is not. For all things are possible with God. Having faith, having trust, having belief in God helps us in our journey to enter the kingdom of heaven. For those of us who refuse to sell all our possessions, for the rich man who has earned their way or did whatever they did to earn their way, maybe they don't tithe. Maybe they don't follow Christ. We might want to reach out to them and remind them of scripture and gospel. But Christ informs us that God can do the impossible. God can help save us and get us to the kingdom of heaven. And when we sit there, we can't help but think about our scripture from Hebrews as well in this. And we see, starting right off with verse 12, that the word of God is living and active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It can pierce and divide us soul from spirit. It knows the intentions of the heart. Now, what are your intentions of your hearts, brothers and sisters? Are they of good, or do we use the intentions of our hearts for evil? Do we use our intentions of our hearts to lust after those that we think we cannot have, or those that we want? Do we imagine imaginary situations and scenarios in our lives Do we use our lusts for greed and power and money to trample over those less fortunate than us? Do we give back to those in need? Because the word of God is living and active, brothers and sisters. 
Scripture justifies that to us and reminds us of that. But it also teaches us that God loves us and forgives us. Brothers and sisters, we are encouraged to pray. Pray to God that we may receive that mercy and that we may find that help in a time of need. How many of us, when we're facing the impossible, turn to our Lord and pray? How many of us, when we approach a surgery or a medical procedure, or a loved one sick in the hospital, or a loved one who suffered an injury and possibly is not the same. How many of us, if we look at our children and they're sick, they're hurting, they're in the hospital, they have a surgery, we look at brothers and sisters. How many of us pray for them? How many of us will speak kind words to one another in times of need? How many of us will make the choice to live a godly life. A part of this ministry involves being on multiple platforms of social media, and I see multiple times you'll have pastors, you'll have fellow Christians, and they'll post videos where they're being persecuted. Sometimes their response is out of love, and sometimes their response is out of emotion, and not as much love. Yes, they'll wrap things up with they'll pray for you or that you need repentance. And sometimes they also then turn and say out of love that you know they love one another no matter what. And they encourage then other people that are persecuting them to come to the table and have a conversation. But how many of us look at ourselves when we read through scripture? How many of us look internally for healing? How many of us, when we pray, make the choice and ask for forgiveness as the first step to feeling better about our mistakes? How many of us, when we receive the Lord's mercy, when we receive kindness and the understanding, realize how great of a blessing that is? How many of us instead turn and start listing like Job did? And as we turn to Job, let's look at what Job is saying. That is, God's hand was heavy despite Job's groaning. How many of us do that? How many of us just feel that the Lord must not love me? Because his hand is so heavy, no matter how much I've grown, no matter how much I've pleaded, he still leaves me here. How many of us forget the lessons that we were only going to push and pressured until God is done creating the Christian that we were meant to be? How many of us get to a point where we're like Job and we're like, whoa, we still love you, Lord, but Lord, why do you forsake me? 
I look to the east, I look to the west, I look to the left and right, I do not see you. I look to the north, I look to the south, you are still hidden from me. How many of us have sat there and thought, in our times of dire need, Lord, why have you forsaken me and left me? Yet, yet, we are reminded in the gospel that the Lord is always with us. Because mortal is impossible. There is no way that I am going to get a camel through the straw or a camel through the needle, as scripture said. But if God is with me, that is possible. There is no guarantee that I'm going to have eternal life. But if I have faith in the Lord, if I believe in him, if I trust in his words, in his scripture, then I have a way to eternal life despite the sins that I have done in my past. Because Christ, even as he foretold his death to the disciples, which we saw in the gospel today, was still with us. He's still there as the one who stands, who's experienced the temptations that we have and has sacrificed, had died on the cross for us. He was the perfect offering for our sins. No riches, no gold, no silver, nothing of this earth could have Bridge the gap from east to west, except the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing else could save us and bring us to eternal life that could sit at the right hand of God's judgment and help just testify on our behalf. I'd like all of you, brothers and sisters, to imagine yourselves right now sitting as a defendant in a courtroom. The prosecution is the devil. The judge is God. And you're sitting there alone in the dark cloud of your sins that you have committed your entire life. Sins of lust, sins of pornography and temptation, sins of possibly murder, hopefully not, but sins of lying, of stealing, of ego, of greed, sins of not loving your neighbors as God has loved you. And you're sitting there on judgment day, brothers and sisters. Do you have that image in your mind? And just after you've heard the devil and his pack of demons list 
every ounce of sin that you've done. How when someone was bad-mouthing and talking about another, you sat there and did nothing. How you actually instead joined the conversation and tore that person down more when they were not there. But the devil was there and the devil saw. God was there. God saw. And then ultimately, just before God is going to make his judgment, the doors open. And a light shines through. And a man walks forth into this courtroom. A man with holes that were pierced through his hands. A man with holes pierced in his ankles. And he walks in And he asks if he can approach the bench. And God goes, who are you? And he says, I am the counsel for this defense. And the judge, God says, proceed. And Christ Jesus then stands there on your behalf and says, look, my hands, my feet, my side. I have already died in repentance and sacrifice for this son, for this daughter's sins. I have given my life for them. That is the defense in which I behold. I have given what it will take for that ransom to be paid already. And then within a moment of deliberation, God makes his judgment and the heavens open and you are allowed in. How amazing is that, brothers and sisters? However, it wasn't just that Christ came in and said that he died for your sins, but he justified his death and that he justified your grace into eternal life through your faith in him, through your belief in his death and the resurrection. He testifies on our behalf, brothers and sisters. That though judgment may be cast and passed upon us, that through his death and resurrection, through our faith in him, that we will be granted eternal life because all things through God are possible. No matter what impossibles of this earth we may face. Never forget that. But also, brothers and sisters, when it comes down to things feeling like they're possible, when times are good, don't ever forget to thank the Lord for everything he's provided as well. 
because he is the God that makes the impossible possible. Now and forever. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you that you allow us to be in your presence. You allow us to come together as one body, worshiping you, knowing that you are the one who can make the impossible possible. Through the death and resurrection and the salvation gifted to us, through your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray today. Amen and Amen. Are you looking for some Christian-based apparel to wear? Masks, hoodies, shirts, possibly women's leggings? Then look no further than checking out our Teespring store at teespring.com backslash stores backslash worship dash without dash walls. It's all custom designed from us here at Worship Without Walls. Again, that is teespring.com backslash stores backslash worship dash without dash walls. Hope you find something you like for you or your loved ones. Have a blessed day.